champions. <laughs> Welcome to the Champions League. The champions. <laughs> Welcome to the Blue Balls podcast. I'm joined by Rayhan. Um, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very happy. Me too. Um, <laughs> not particularly about the performance last night, but I'm really happy that we've qualified. We've sealed that again, two years running. Um, it's a, it's a, a great day. Um, you know, I love the Champions League knockout stages. Very exciting stuff. Two legs where anything can happen on the day. Um, and we've managed to seal that. Um, it comes after quite a quite a frustrating performance again. I think um, the Newcastle game was okay. It wasn't, we weren't at our best. Um, and I think the same last night. What do you think? I mean, because, I mean, we had a, a good good enough team out. Um, wasn't particularly a week 11. Got the job done. It's an away game. Um, but what did you think of the performance? It was so frustrating. Uh, the chances that were missed, really, really, really frustrating. Um, happy with the defense overall. It was early that that one. Uh, well, where, where we let in the goal. That was the early point where I felt, uh, you know, why, <laughs> why has it come to this? <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, no. I was quite happy with it. Um, I was very, very happy about Kante. I felt that he was. He played amazing, but we can go more into players later on. Yeah. But overall, I think it was just the final third. Um, mainly Timo Werner was uh, just finishing. Otherwise, his the rest of his game, I was quite happy with. Okay, yeah. I mean, I have a few questions. I think one of the questions is, um, is Werner on crack, bruv? Bruv, this guy, he's like, I love him and everything, and I'm happy that we signed him. But I think since the start of the season, he could have, I mean, we could be seeing a guy that's on 10, 15 goals. The amount of chances that he's had and he's made for himself, that he's made for himself. Yeah, I mean, he should be scoring a lot more. Last night was another game where I felt, you know, wasteful. I felt we could have killed the game off in the first half. You know, mm -hmm. he he has a simple tap in, uh, similarly to, to Newcastle, where he just had to put the ball past the keeper. He, you know, nothing really... Uh, you know, spectacular, but he he failed to do that, and I understand. You know, it's it's a it's a long season. It's a it's a long career for him at Chelsea. That he, you know, I'm I'm confident that he'll have. Um, but you know, I think it's it's these kind of moments where you kind of feel, um, if you draw or lose a game, these are moments that you kind of feel frustrated because you know you you're, I mean, let, let, let's start with the, with the with the start of the game. It was a really good start. The passing was slick. The movement was quick. Um, um, did you not catch the buzz? Yeah, I, I did. Okay. I just, I, I just let let you carry on. <laughs> I, I was just, okay, I was waiting for the anyway. Um, <laughs> so it was really good football, and and we've come to expect that from Chelsea now. You know, since the few games before international break, um, everyone's kind of been on it, and it was the same yesterday. You know, we were just, you know, dominated possession for the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, Scored our goal, which was sensational, by the way, right from Mason Mount's pass to uh, Callum's, you know, control and shot. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it was really good football. And then kind of we just went off uh, off beat a bit and, and we, we looked a bit lax and didn't look like we really wanted to, to continue dominating, you know, the, the attacking phase. Um, it's a game... We could have put to bed very early, didn't, um, for several reasons. Allowed Wren to kind of come back into the game. What did you think of Wren as a as a team yesterday? They were a very different side to what we saw at Stamford Bridge. Um, but what did you what did you make of their performance against us? Yeah, I was quite impressed by their performance. Um, I thought they were there, there were there were parts of the game where they were actually dominating, and they looked quite dangerous at times as well. I think I was expecting a bit more I was expecting to see a bit more for Cam from Camavinga, but it seemed like a just a normal performance. Um but yeah, I think I think they played quite well, to be honest. 
Yeah, I mean, Kamavinga, obviously one of the highest rated players in world football today, just recently turned 18. Um, you know, he's one of those uh, midfield maestros that can, uh, you know, unlock a midfield. You know, he breaks lines, he's able to dribble through. And, you know, he wasn't really given the opportunity to do that yesterday. I think it was the, the you know, he dealt with Mason a lot of the time. Um, you know, we didn't have Kante starting, but, you know, I think Jorginho and Kovacic, they did decent. I don't, I don't think they were great, but just wasn't given that opportunity to break through. And I think Enzonzi was probably more, um, you know, kind of effective in, in the midfield. Um, yeah. But I think we did well to, to deal with Kamavinga. I hope this doesn't put us off, you know, potentially signing him because I'm a really big fan of him. I think he's he's excellent from what I've uh, the few games that I've seen of him, um, but yeah, overall we just didn't allow them to get into you know to to get anywhere in midfield. They had it was very much down the sides that they were attacking. They were looking you know to find Gurassi with that long ball, um, which I think they did well a few times, and you know they got shots off, which I, they, they got more shots off than us. I think we had the same amount on target, but they got more shots off. Um, you know they they attacked us from set pieces i thought we'd give away a few sloppy fouls because we just weren't quick enough um but yeah i think overall um you know we we again it was a game that we should have killed off but i think we allowed them to get back into the game i think that's very that's a very dangerous thing to to kind of get used to i know against newcastle um that wasn't the, the case but i think you know there was a a gap in quality between newcastle and wren um you know, I think Newcastle, it was only Alan St. Maximum that was able to kind of cause us any any harm. But yeah, I mean, happy to have um, got the win, qualified. What did you make of Oli G's performance? Came in, did the job. Just He, he so does happy. what he does, isn't it? Like, there, there's, so there's, he doesn't provide anything out of this world, but he comes in, does a job, leaves. Yeah, yeah. And he's been doing that for quite quite some time. Just great performance. I mean, he came on in, uh, what was it, 70, 70 minutes, something like that? Yeah, late on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he fit the role so well. You know, good target man. Uh, held up held up the ball to feed it through to um, Werner. Um, I think later on even Ziyech at times. Last night, he, he just, he came through when, when we needed him. So, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Definitely. I think yesterday kind of um, it really symbolised where we are as a team in terms of our best players. I think there was a real drop in quality in, in certain areas of the pitch, particularly at, I think at right back there was in midfield. I felt, you know, there was a bit of, um, it was a bit, again, lax, but um, it, it is good to know that we have players um, to kind of, that are not as Bilicueta and Kovacic and Jorginho, who we, you know, have been relying on for the last few years. It's good to know that we have players of, of a higher level, that, that perform at a, at a higher level, and are able to really deliver, you know, when it matters. When You know, I, I thought we really missed Rhys James yesterday, um, not just his uh, attacking ability and his crossing, but I think defensively, it is becoming very clear that, you know, between him and Asby, um, he is... The better defender he's quicker he's stronger in the challenge he's able to deal with wide threats very well i know he still has a couple of flaws in his in his pressing game um which i think he can learn from Aspie, by the way because i think Aspie's a great presser um mm -hmm. but didn't it did it show you kind of the the difference in quality that we have in in the squad so much squad depth and so much uh quality it was uh it was great to see what was it kai habits coming on reese james Giroud, Ziyech, it, it's uh, it's nice to have a strong bench. Yeah, definitely. The fact that we are able to bring on Ziyech and and uh, and Havertz um, while we were winning the game, I think, yeah. you know, is is really a sign of of where we've come um, as a team. Obviously, mm -hmm. we have the the transfer window to thank for that, but I think it should it should have been something that that was done a long time ago. Um, but I mean it can only get better from now on. So, you know, but okay. So uh, I, I wanted to discuss Mason Mount as well, because I thought yet again, guy that's been talked about a lot recently, um, been compared to more flair players like, you know, Jack Grealish and James Madison and Ross Barkley. I think Mason Mount, um, 
did what Mason Mount does. And, you know, for Lampard to come out and, and defend him as staunchly as he does, um, he really delivered another performance, a solid performance from midfield um, that was very impressive. He got the official cosign from one of the greatest passing midfielders. I shouldn't say passing midfielders, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? But one of the greatest passers uh, from midfield in Cesc Fabregas yesterday. He mm-hmm. said, Mason Mount, brilliant or fantastic, whatever adjective he used. And, you know, he was really that good. And, and it wasn't just his assist, but I thought overall he gave a real midfield performance that, you know, he can be proud of. What did you what did you make of Mason Mount? And I wanted to talk about his assist right after that, because I think there was a very important element in that. I think he was the best... Um... Best person we had in midfield uh, last night was he? Was he our, our best player? Put you on the spot there. Uh, Mendy had two really good saves as well. So I'm, I, I'm not. Sh- I don't. I'm not sure if he's the best. If he was the best player on the pitch, he's definitely up there. Yeah, but yeah, I, I really don't know. I think, I, I think. I agree. I think Mendy was really good as well. Yeah. Okay. That was a really good performance from him. I mean. He couldn't really do much about the goal, but he had some really good saves. Yeah, definitely. So just moving back to to, to Mount now, um, mm-hmm. you know he's he's really consistently performing at a very high level now, um, a level that's required for Champions League level, Premier League level. He's he's the package. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's really delivering performances that you can say, okay, he's done a really great job today. He's pressing, he's passing, he's defending, he's attacking, you know, his, his um, final ball is is getting better and better. He'll spring crosses, you know, over the field to to, to Hudson Adoy. Um but it's it's another performance, like I said, really solid. Um you know for me he's becoming more and more England's best midfielder in a sense. Um for the for his out for his output and and what he actually provides a team over ninety minutes, not not little moments. And I think you know, in terms of uh, we like to bring the argument back to England because we've got so many good midfielders now. But when you compare him, those are the type of players you want to compare him to: is the Jack Grealishes and the James Madisons. Um, do you think he's really pushing himself up there now, and you know, becoming among Euro- Europe's top talent? He's become an he's become a an essential, really. <laughs> undroppable, would you say? Sorry? Undroppable. Yeah, he's become so so uh, you know essential to the team just because of everything he does and how well he links up uh, with the other players around him. So, yeah, yeah, undroppable is is also another word to say it. But yeah, you he is he is what's needed in the teams that in England and at Chelsea. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so that was his overall midfield performance. I want to talk about his assist really quickly because I think there's something that he's added to his game um, that makes him a very dangerous player. Um, We've kind of associated him with a player that is, I wouldn't say box to box, but I'd say is really kind of, he he arrives from midfield really well. He links up play as like a 10, like a number 10 does, but he obviously he's positioned as a number eight. So as a midfielder, you need to have decent passing ability. Now, He's always had that. I don't think he's had the chance to kind of uh, display that, especially last season, because he played a higher role. Um, but yesterday for the assist, um, he picks the ball up from just outside our box, um, scans the pitch. He has about two and three, two or three seconds. He has Werner running on, on the left. He has Tammy running through the middle. And he has hudson Adoy on the right, who picks up pace from the halfway line really well. Credit to, to him as well. Um finds him, scopes him, and he plays an absolute blinding pass, great weight um, to Hudson-Odoi's feet, who then obviously runs through, has has a goal on site, takes a good second touch, and the finish is, is fantastic. Um, I just want to talk about that assist, because I think it's it won't get enough credit for, for how good it was, but to be able to do that all in a, in a matter of seconds is very special. Mm-hmm. Um do you see him kind of becoming more of a of a? I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to compare him, um, not the ability, but the actual attributes um, and what these midfielders brought to a team. 
I thought Steven Gerrard used to do that really well. Um, he could play in a number of roles. He, you know, he played all across the pitch, but he ended up being obviously the the number eight type of midfielder, you know, that could pick the ball up from deep and, and spray out wide. I know, you know, Zinedine Zidane used to do the same. There was so, uh, Raquel May, you know, at times used to do it. Um, Xabi Alonso, obviously, was more of a deeper playmaker. Do you see Mason becoming less of a of a final third player as his career pro- progresses and actually find himself in deeper positions to actually bring the best out in him? Yeah, and I've, I've noticed this uh, in quite a few games now. His placement of the ball, especially for like runs for like Timo Werner, Tammy Abraham, and Hudson Odoi, as we saw last night, it's it's weighted well, but it's also the perfect position just to keep it away from the opposition, while still with enough uh, momentum that it doesn't slow down the player at all. It was pinpoint. It was pinpoint it accuracy. Pinpoint. Yeah, and uh, it it seems something that he's like he's perfected pretty much, and I think that's where he is. I think that's what he does best right now. And do you think, obviously, growing up in in the academy and going out on loan to Vitesse and, and Derby, he played, you know, the number 10 role, he played off the striker, he played, you know, with the wingers, that sort of position where he had maybe a second or two to kind of, uh, you know, think about his next step. Um, I like him in that role. And I, I, I like to think of Kevin De Bruyne when, when I see Mason Mount, because I think De Bruyne as well used to play that number 10 role very well when he was younger. Um, then he played out wide when he came to City. Um, but then he, he's obviously ended up in midfield um, yeah. where he was with David Silva for, for a number of years. Um, that where he could really kind of, you saw the best of him because he had the extra second or two added to, you know, what, what he had before to bring out his passing ability, his dribbling ability and, and to kind of become the real playmaking hub of the team. Um, you know, do you think that's something, I mean, he'll obviously need to keep progressing and developing and improve. Um, but do you think we've got a real midfielder on our hands where we can start comparing him to the likes of, you know, Steven Gerrard and, and of that ilk in a few years, obviously not, not anytime soon, but do you, do you see that being his permanent position in, in the future? Yeah, I think that is, that is where he plays best right now. I mean, he's known for being quite versatile, but I think that's... That is the exact position and exact role that he excels in so well. Yeah, and he's you know what he's got a bit of a of a bite to him. He's got a bit of a I wouldn't say nasty streak, but he is quite tenacious because of his high intensity um, kind of way of playing. Um, he does get stuck into tackles. He's he's right there. He kept Camavinga quiet all night. They mm-hmm. had a few duels, both of them, um, and you know credit to him. Like I mean, he he was he's played every single game for us this season, if I'm not mistaken, but um, he didn't show any signs of kind of slowing down or, or fatigue or anything. And he's just, he's performing at a very, very good level as a midfielder. So it's um, insane, right? As, at his age. At his age as well, exactly. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, we'll have to give him a rest at some point, but mm-hmm. we're really happy with his performances so far. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. same here. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, moving on from Mason Mount, um, were there any other kind of observations that you that you saw? It wasn't, you know, our best display, but were there any kind of elements that you saw that were promising or, you know, not so promising? Um, I felt Chilwell gave away the ball uh, a couple of times. I mean, he, he didn't play bad as such, but he wasn't on point as he has been. Um, what do you think you know, from the beginning of the season? What do you think that was down to? Do you think it was tiredness or lack of uh, sharpness? What do you think that was? Yeah, I'm guessing tiredness. Um, but yeah, he sh- hopefully he'll be fine for a Sunday, you know, with a bit of rest. Yeah. Now, um, but yeah, it's just just a few just a few mistakes that he made. I was really impressed with uh, N'Golo Kante when he came on. Uh, there were. I think two two moments especially where his ball control and distribution I felt was spot on and just better than I expected even. Um, really good at you know pressing, uh, getting the ball back. 
I was especially impressed impressed with his uh his uh physicality, his strength. I'm loving it. Keep it coming. Can can take yeah. propaganda all day long. Let's go. I mean, he was really really good at holding players off the ball as well. Um, yeah, he just came on and made an instant impact, and I was so happy with it. So happy. It, it's it's Kante at his best, and probably even better than what I've seen before. At you know some points because. I think that yeah, he's gone. He's gone really good at uh, keeping the ball and distributing it in the to the correct uh, correct player. So <laughs> I'm obviously a very big fan of Ingolo Kante. I don't know if this has been picked up yet, but the last couple of seasons, um, I said at the start of at the end of last season, I think a 29 year old Ingolo Kante, the way he's been performing, his output, if we get a 60 70 million pound offer for him i think we should consider it i think you know ultimately we should accept it and let him go move on because i don't think we're utilizing him the way that his um strengths are kind of highlighted um you know he's not playing the sort of system that brings the best out in him added to that you know he suffered with a few injuries last season he wasn't you know in great um in great shape in terms of um longevity through the season you know he did pick up a few and, and missed a few you know important games when, when we needed him um but I, i'm really overjoyed at how he's taken to you know this season and playing with the players that he's playing with it's almost as though we're seeing a reborn N'Golo Kante it's it, it seems like he's enjoying his football which is very difficult to read but the way he plays He's, you know, he he showed the gulf in quality that there is, the the difference in quality when we have Jorginho in that role, who I also love. I think he's he he suits a certain system, um, which is unfortunate because you know he he's very good in that system when he does play it. But overall, when Angola Kante is on the pitch and when Jorginho is on the pitch, there's a there's a real clear distinct difference in quality and it showed yesterday I, I thought we were a much better side when when Kante came on yeah. um I don't think Georgina did particularly anything wrong but I think Kante just kind of showed why he's um Frank's number one choice in that role um you don't necessarily have to be the best passer or you know the best at dribbling but you know credit to us we've we've you know sorted that role out i think he's someone that can play that role for the next two three years at least at a very high level he's we're obviously looking at declan rice do you think kante and declan rice are the perfect combination to rotate for that role yeah i don't see why not i think uh kante is obviously perfect where he is right now i think declan rice he is uh He's really commanding. He can uh, dictate as well. And of course, he's quite good defensively, passing it as well. So I think that he can perform that role. I'm not convinced that he will do better than Kante in terms of pressing, but I think he can can do quite well. When you kind of size them both up, and I said Mm -hmm. we'd we'd do another podcast on transfers and and all that, but I I need to talk about this for a sec because it could be realistic in in a couple of months. But when you size their attributes up, Declan Rice obviously has the aerial ability. Um, but I just feel Frank's going for two players in each position. He wants two high-quality players in each position. And there's literally a, a, there's a handful of players that I feel would deputise for, for Kante at this point. And I think if Kante drops form, Declan Rice comes in and you have a, another high-quality player. Um, do you think it's a, I mean, the money being talked about is about £60 million? Do you think it's a good combination to, to have to pay for to have those two instead of having Jorginho or Kovacic in, in that role? And obviously Billy Gilmore's a part of the part of the squad soon. Um what do you make of that of that currently? We are pretty stacked for options. So I think it is worth having, you know, Billy Gilmore, uh Declan Rice and Kante playing that mm. role when we also have Barkley. And Ruben Loftus Cheek coming back as well next season. When considering we already have Mason Mount and Kai Havertz, let's go. Those uh, 
uh, left and right midfield. Yeah, I love that. I, I love big squads because I think big squads are, you know, they're, they're the ones that kind of win trophies when you have enough quality in, in your in your team to pick and choose and be able to replace. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I'd love for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's so important, like, especially this season, we've seen how important squad depth is. Yeah. Just going back to um, your point on Chilwell when he, he um, uh, gave the ball away, I think it's it showed the quality. I think last season there were a couple of times that, that we faced that same situation. Um, but kind of the defenders are looking at the ball. They're looking at, you know, where's the ball? I'm going to chase the ball. Yesterday, I don't know if you if you saw it, but as soon as Chilwell gave the ball away, Thiago Silva, he didn't have eyes for the ball. Like he looked at the ball for a second or two. His next instinct was to look at the and and Garassi, their striker was was going for it. But there was a runner, a Ren runner, on the left, and Thiago Silva went straight to him, and because of that, prevented the shot from going off. It's really a mark of how good the player is. It might be basic, um, but I think it shows it symbolizes where we were last season to where we are now that we have that added experience that we're kind of saving results because of these crucial moments and i think that's going to play a big part in in our in our team going ahead yeah definitely we're looking to score a lot of goals but now we're also able to you know look to stop so many goals from going in as well they look like they take a lot of pride in keeping a clean sheet and in and in not letting goals in and i think that's yeah. that's what was missing for a number of years i think there was a kind of mentality of we're just going to outscore we're just going to keep scoring but now there seems to be a sense of controlling the ball the tempo which we didn't do that well yesterday granted but we still defended very very resolutely and i think for that reason you know, people keep saying that we're in a race for the title, for trophies and stuff. But, you know, it's looking more and more realistic that we're looking the real deal because we're keeping those many clean sheets and, and preventing stupid goals from going in. OK, so I think that that wraps up the analysis from uh, from last night's game. Chelsea 2, Ren 1. Uh, but Chelsea won. So, bit of a wordplay. Anyway, um secured their place in, in the round of 16 along with Barcelona, Juventus and Sevilla. Now, we know we can't get Sevilla and we can't get any English sides. Um, are there, what kind of game do you want from the knockout stages? The lot, let, let's put it this way. The, the last few years, we haven't been able to progress from the round of 16, but we've played really good sides. Um, last season was obviously against Bayern Munich, who went on to win the Champions League season before that well the Champions League season before that we were um got knocked out by Barcelona um what kind of game do you like in the knockout stages do you like an easy run or do you like and I know there's no easy run but do you like the bigger teams or do you like kind of a um, moderate kind of start and then kind of progress to the better teams I think the most uh, thrilling ones that I've enjoyed have been the um when we faced uh, Napoli and PSG. Yeah. I found those really, really entertaining to watch. Um, I think they've also been a good test of our character. Yeah. And whether we deserve to go through, in fact, just because it's so, uh, it is challenging, but it's not like facing a buy-in at the same time. I feel that we're not fully ready as a team yet. I think we do need to build up our chemistry and I think it'll, it won't be too long now until we're fully in sync with each other but I think that we should also have a challenge to test ourselves and really know where to improve. Yeah absolutely um, just to give you kind of an idea of potential opponents um, and their groups right now um, so put it this way as far as potential opponents go uh, we've got the groups um, only one is kind of not that far decided yet um, so Group A, there's Bayern Munich and Atletico, who are um, probably the likely ones to, to go through. Then there's Borussia Mönchengladbach. I know someone will appreciate my pronunciation for that, but probably not. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach, them and Shakhtar Donetsk, who beat, obviously, Real Madrid. Did they beat them? I can't remember. Um, and Real Madrid themselves are in third, Inter Milan, 
with our former manager, Antonio Conte, is in fourth. Um, that group so far is quite undecided. There's only about three points between first and, and fourth. Um, Man City, who we probably, I mean, we won't be facing in, in the round of 16. They're going to be qualifying with Porto, um, Liverpool and Ajax. Uh, Ajax, uh, Ajax are on level points with Atalanta. Chelsea and Sevilla both qualified, um, so we won't be facing them. Um, uh, Borussia Dortmund and Lazio are quite clear in their group. Um, decent opponents, I think, if you want the kind of easiest sort of opponents. Uh, Barcelona, Juventus from their group. Juventus are in second. Barcelona are top in that group. They've qualified. And then Man United and Paris Saint-Germain. Um, so from those teams, who do you, who would you like for us to start our knockout rounds with? Can you go through Yeah, I mean, again? I can... <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were serious. Uh... <laughs> no, I think I think uh, Atletico Madrid would be quite interesting. Okay. Would you? What about what about I them? Think do you think be... will not um, kind of put them in the same category as the tougher teams if we had to face them? What do we have that we could kind of get past them? I feel like we have a lot of creativity, a lot of creativity okay. that could break them down, and I'd like to test that. Okay. So you think because they're a, a deeper sitting side that you know. We, yeah, well, we can kind of dominate well. possession and um, really have a go at their defense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be uh, a good test for us for our attack, especially how clinical we can be. They're also, well. you know, obviously a very good side on the counter, but I think we've shown this season yeah. that we are a very strong defensive side, good defensive unit that we get bodies behind the ball very quickly, deal so with counter attacks now. I know it's still very early, but I think the signs are there that we, I think against Man United as well, I thought, um, you know, we were able to to deal with their attacking threats quite well. Um, so, but do you think like from the big boys and, I, and you know, there is, um, like I mentioned, uh, Munchen Gladbach, Shakhtar Donetsk, potentially Porto, Ajax, Lazio. Um, do you think from all those sides, all the big boy sides, do you think Atletico are quite, quite ideal if we were to draw a bigger team? Yeah, I think I think they are. Um, I would also find Borussia Mönchengladbach really interesting <laughs> as well. To be honest, that'll be just thrilling. Have you seen Have you seen much of them? Uh, I've seen bits. I've seen I've seen uh, pieces of play, but not a full game. Same here. So I've seen a couple of full games. Um, and their manager Marco Rose, I'm a big fan of. Uh, they play very good football. Um, mm. I think you know every year there seems to be that that one side, that smaller side, that kind of creep their way up. Um, the Champions League tree and you know you, they find themselves in the semi-finals we've seen over the years you know Monaco and uh, last year it was RB Leipzig um, mm. I really think Mönchengladbach have have those sort of that sort of potential to, to get there if they qualify at their group um, but you think from this from the smaller teams if we weren't to in, involve Atletico from the smaller teams Mönchengladbach Shakhtar Donetsk uh, Porto Ajax Lazio Dortmund who would you go for in in terms of you think would be a good game, something that's winnable as well, not just kind of easy? You know, what would you like to see? Uh, I think Dortmund. Okay. That'll be, that'll be um bit of Erling Haaland at the bridge. Yeah, I think it'll be, again, less, I don't want to say less of a challenge. I think it's just a different kind of challenge. Yeah, Absolutely. And we'll yeah. also have fans in for, for, for those games as well. So that'll be interesting to um, have Dortmund in. Um, okay. So, I mean, from my perspective, uh, <clears throat> you know, anyone, uh, I'm I'm more of an old school sort of person. I'm, I'm okay with the Barcelonas and, and all of those. And I think, but I think the difference is this year, obviously we have a team capable of actually beating them. I don't think we had that last year. We had a very young and experienced squad, but, you know, by the time, you know, we get to knockout stage, it'll be February. We'll have so many games under our belt by then. Hopefully we've kind of molded ourselves into into a machine sort of attack and defense where we, you know, potentially we could face anyone and, and be okay. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. So moving on from that, I just wanted to kind of steer away from the current happenings. I wanted to ask you from your long experience in football i know you've watched the champions league for about 75 years now 
your seasoned fan. Now, I wanted to talk about your memories or, or kind of your um, who you kind of admired watching in the Champions League, you know, as you started watching football up till now. If you had to name a Champions League 11, I'll give you mine after, but I want to hear yours mm-hmm. from your time. Yeah. What would be your Champions League 11? Okay. Or, or we could do that. Yeah. Or we okay. could combine our Champions League 11 and tell each other who we want in each position and kind of debate it. Yeah, that's that's yeah? perfectly Okay, cool. Too. So yeah. I'll let you go first uh, and okay. then I will go after you. Um, so let's start with a goalkeeper. I'd be uh, very upset if you disagreed with me on this. But <laughs> there, is any, to check. there is anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was gonna say kefa but he's a manager let's be honest <laughs> yeah i mean there's been so many great ones over the years and and you know even recently um mm-hmm. Neuer is still putting out world-class performances in the champions league um he's the one that kind of stands out to me um going a bit further down the line i remember oliver khan uh you oh, were... are you talking about any team like or, or... oh yeah yeah not not chelsea any any oh, okay. any team Oh, I thought you were talking about Chelsea. No, okay. no. Just any team um, your greatest Champions League eleven. I'd start off with Neuer. Yeah, it hurts, but I feel the same way. I think Neuer's been so consistently brilliant, you know, over the years and, and he kind of <clears throat> everyone likes to say that he reinvented the goalkeeper role, which I agree with. Um but as far as the Champions League goes, I mean they, I can't see anyone that's that's been better than 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 Neuer. I've seen Oliver Kahn, I've seen Petr Cech, I've seen Van der Sar. Um, there've been some great keepers, uh, you know, Gigi Buffon. Um, but you know, surely I think Manuel Neuer deserves that that spot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, moving on to left back, who would your who would your left back be? This will probably have a bit of personal bias, but I'd pick Ashley Cole. Yeah, I mean, he's been yeah. he's been good in the Champions League. He obviously won it in 2012. Um, you know, I uh, it's difficult to because we're not picking a best eleven or you know the best ability eleven, but just purely the best performers in the Champions League. And if I have to go off that, I think Marcelo is very much in the conversation, and not just because he won the Champions League four times. Mm-hmm. I think he's consistently through his career performed at such a good level in the Champions League and, and really been a big effect on, on them and their results in, in you know Real Madrid's results in the Champions League. Do you think there's any debate there for Marcelo and, and Ashley Cole? There's obviously Paolo Maldini and I Roberto mean, Colos, who was obviously before your time, who, you know, I loved both of them. But if we're being academic and we're being, you know, on point, on subject, um, I feel Marcelo has a shout there. Yeah, I mean, in terms of performances champ- at Champions League level, I think Marcelo, he earns that. I'm just going to, for this, I'm going to speak mainly of just my own. Yeah. Like, who I want to see <laughs> Yeah, in my team. Okay, so you're, you're going with Ashley Cole? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, in the event of a tiebreaker, I'll let you have the first one, I'll have the second one, so on and so forth. Oh, oh like a final one? I'd be happy with Marcelo. <laughs> what <laughs> you just said Ashley Cole no 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 if we're picking a team together then I'm happy like I'm just as happy with Marcelo for my personal personal team right like, right I would I would want to pick Ashley Cole right if it's one that we're agreeing on I can agree on Marcelo okay cool so no tiebreaker so far all right we're doing yeah. well it proves that we have you know we share DNA um <laughs> okay so we've got Noya and Marcelo I'm gonna go to the other fullback right back yeah. who'd you go for I'll give you some options if, if it's a bit difficult, but for me, there's only one standout performer, and for me, it was Danny Alves. Um, there's obviously Philippe Lam, Lam, um, Gary Neville, uh, Zambrotta, Gianluca Zambrotta was a bit before your time. Um, I really like Lam. Um, I'm not sure in terms of like numbers how much better he's done than Danny Alves, or if he's not been as good. But I've always really liked Lam and how he plays. Okay. So but yeah. would you put him over Danny Alves? It depends. It depends on the performance. Like I, I no, no, no. I'm talking like in they... terms of their careers. When you saw them yeah. both in the Champions League, yeah. Who do you who do you think came out better? 
probably Danny Alves has come out better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I'm glad you said that because now we don't have another tiebreaker. <laughs> okay. So we're sorted. I think that's a, I mean, good start. Neuer, Marcelo, Danny Alves. Um, mm. Let's go for centre backs. Who's your number one centre back? Maldini. Maldini. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's quite a shout. But okay. Another level. Another level. I mean, he was more of obviously a left back and then he moved into the centre back yeah. role further in his career. Yeah. <clears throat> he played alongside he, Alessandro. I mean, he, he was like, he was, he's like fine wine. He, as he aged, he just got. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I get really, that. He was yeah. um, instrumental in their success in the in the mid 2000s as well. I mean, an honorary mention, I'd say, is Ramos. Yeah. So he's the one I would have gone for. I think he's yeah. been the best centre-back in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say of all time because I haven't seen football of all time, but certainly the last couple of decades, I think Ramos has been a standout yeah. performer and kind of a league above everyone. Yeah. So who are we going for for this first centre-back? I mean, this is the beauty of this position. There's, there's, there's two spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I would debate Maldini um, because okay. I think Maldini was a much better left-back than he was a centre-back. Um, although uh-huh. he was great at both. Yeah. But I have to go with Ramos to start with. Okay. And then secondly, I'll give you a I'll give you a few options. Yeah. John Terry, uh Gerard Piquet, uh Mats Hummels, um Thiago Silva, mm-hmm. um Pepe. There's several centre backs. <laughs> Alessandro Nesta, Fabio Cannavaro. Yeah. I mean, I would take my time with this. If you had to pair someone with Ramos of that level, who do you think comes close to that level in the Champions League purely? Uh, I'm, super, I'm a super fan of Puyol. Oh, that's a shout. I'm a super fan of Puyol. That's a great um, shout. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I might have to agree with you on that. <laughs> Are we agreeing on, on Puyol, Ramos and Puyol? Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's do that. it. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. Um, okay, so this is the part where it gets a bit um, kind of techy because do we go for players and then form the formation or do we form the formation and then go for the players? Uh, I'd be happy with a four-three-three formation. Four-three-three. I'll, I'll be happy with four-four-three as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's go for defensive midfielder or any central attack, central midfielder. Who's your first choice? Zidane. Okay. That's a. I mean, very solid shout. Um, I'd say Iniesta. Yeah. Would you have Iniesta? Yeah, hundred percent. So should we go Zidane and Iniesta? For me, Zidane and Iniesta have been yeah. the two best midfielders of the last two decades. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got our two midfielders. That was fairly straightforward. Who would you go for the third <laughs> midfielder? Um, In terms of the Champions League, purely. There's obviously Luka Modric, Tony Kroos, um, I think I Xavi. I think Xavi Alonso. Xavi Alonso. Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't agree on him. Mm. I think there have been better midfielders. I particularly like his play style. Yeah. No, but I mean, if you had to, t- in terms of the best midfielders in the Champions League. Yeah, that's the early. Yeah. Hot. Mm. I mean, Man United had Paul Scholes. Um, you know, Chelsea obviously had Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, um, uh, Andrea Pirlo, Kevin De Bruyne, Patrick Vieira. If, we, if you think about winners... Yeah, I'll think of a real of of um, Real Madrid player at, the, at this point. Then okay, then it'll have to be someone like Modric, I guess. Modric, okay. Yeah. So should we say Modric or Javi? I think Modric would be Modric. Yeah, fair enough. Modric that's, that's a solid shout. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. mad at that. No, I think Modric is a great shout. Yeah. So we go Zidane, Iniesta, and we agree on Modric. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. That's a good midfield. That's a solid midfield. Right. Okay, so yeah. now I th- believe there will be a couple of tiebreakers here, but I'll yeah, go for my first one. I'll go for my first one. Yeah. Um, well, I'll go, for my, I'll go for my two because I think you'll agree and it's yeah. quite hands down the greatest players of all time 
Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Yeah. Is there any debate there? No, none. They've both been exceptional in the Champions League. Yeah. Won it multiple times. You can't yeah, leave special. any of them out, can you? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. There's so many special moments. Yeah. Uh, wonders as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Which is where the tiebreaker now comes in. <laughs> so, um, what do we play? Do we play Ronaldo or Messi up front and then have a winger, or do you want a striker and put both Ronaldo and Messi out wide? I think I think the remaining position is striker. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'll put my one forward first. I'll put Samuel Eto'o. Okay. Not a bad shot at all. I, I think he had a very um, I wouldn't say underrated, but I think um, he's been one of the greatest to do it in the Champions League, certainly. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo, Nazario, never won it. He's He always performed at a high level in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. It, it does hurt to not be able to include him because it is a Champions League 11. 11. It's not an all-time 11. I mean, he's probably my favourite player as well. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. Completely. And if I wasn't... I think also, if I wasn't picking uh, Messi or Ronaldo... Yeah. Has Ronaldinho won? Much yeah, 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 yeah. He, he yeah. won it. Uh, won it twice. I think he won yeah. it twice. Yeah. I mean, even Kaka is someone to mention, but oh, yeah. what a player! Yeah, what a player. Um, but we're we're picking striker right now, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Champions League. Do you know what? I I think we need to get the stats out a bit <laughs> because this has to be spot on. I'm gonna go Champions League. All-time greatest goal scorers, or goal scorers, or highest goal scorer. I really don't Google a lot, obviously. Uh, okay, Champions League. Out of curiosity, yeah, we haven't picked any uh, Man United players. Yeah, and they've uh, been they've been great in the in the well. We yeah, we we picked Cristiano Ronaldo, who was exceptional, well, yeah. exceptional in two thousand and eight. Um, but yeah, okay, so all-time top scorers in the Champions League. Ronaldo, Cristiano, Messi, Raul, Lewandowski, Benzema, Van Nistelrooy, Thierry Henry, Ibrahimovic, Shevchenko, Inzaghi, Muller. What are you saying? <laughs> um, to be honest, Lewandowski has done exceptionally well. He's done bits, well. hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think because I think he's, you know, because he's still in it and he's still... He's still there, you know. We, we we kind of don't acknowledge him as one of the, as you know, as maybe the best. Yeah. Because uh, he's still performing, so it, you want to look back at it and think, yeah, he was the best. But I want to I want to throw a wild card in this because I saw this guy in his prime. Yeah. Thierry Henry. Yeah. Uh, if you saw this guy, I, I remember in uh, two thousand and. Five, I think it was, or 2006, mm-hmm. when he took Arsenal on his back. He didn't score in the final, and they lost, um, which I have very little sympathy for. But <laughs> Thierry Henry, as a striker, exceptional in the Champions League. Yeah. But, I mean, and he won it as well. So he has that to his name. Oh, he won it with Barcelona, didn't he? He did, yeah. So between Lewandowski and Thierry yeah. Henry, I'm going Thierry Henry all yeah. day. Between Thierry Henry and Raul or Benzema, Van Nistelrooy, Ibrahimovic, Shevchenko, Inzaghi, Muller, I'm taking Thierry Henry all day long. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of that? Mm. Yeah, it's a shame we can't pick Samuel Oto if we're going by goals. Yeah. Because I think he was he's he's done so he's well. Um, well. Yeah. But if we're going mainly for goals, then. Uh, yeah, he is he has been he's so lethal. Yeah, yeah. I mean if he had a better team um <laughs> than Arsenal in the Champions League <laughs> I mean he could have won a lot more. I, I mean I don't so much hate. <laughs> I mean am I wrong? <laughs> but um yeah, I mean there's Ibrahimovic and Shevchenko that I mentioned, but Ah, I just feel I've seen so much of Henri and to leave him out, it's difficult. It is difficult. Yeah, I think I think I can agree with that one at the very least. Okay, 
Cool. Going by goals. And, All right. You know, well, we'll, we'll go for Henri and Eto. We'll let a very large audience decide of those two um, who to go with. But I think we've not done a lot of damage. I think we've we've been subjective and yeah. objective. And I think we've, <laughs> we've reached a good outcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, all right. So that's... It's a very unfair game because there's so many that you miss out on then. So many, honestly. And, yeah. and I mean, great goal scorers, honestly. If, if yeah. we were to put Lionel Messi up front, I'd, I'd have to go with uh, Ronaldinho for, for the other wing, for the other wing position. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I think that concludes our 11. Uh, gone 4-3-3. We've gone with Manuel Neuer, Marcelo, Dani Alves, uh, Sergio Ramos, uh, uh, Puyol, Carlos Puyol, um, Luka Modric, Zinedine Zidane, Andres Iniesta, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and the guy Thierry Henry. You happy yeah. with that? And um, as manager, who, who was manager? Kepa. Oh, Kepa. Yeah, I mean, greatest of all time, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, but man, that's quite interesting. Manager, who would you go for? Who would you say the manager? Uh, I'd have to say Pep Guardiola, man. Mm, I don't know. It's difficult. Who's been my favourite manager in the Champions League? I'd have to go Jose Mourinho. I can't lie. Yeah, he's won it with Porto. With not Inter. just that he's won it. He's like he loves that that competition. And if I if I needed a manager for a Champions League game, one off game, it'd have to be him. Mm-hmm. Have to be him. Yeah. 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 So wow. So we agreed on everything, except obviously the striker. But we came to a good conclusion. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that wraps up our Champions League 11. Don't think there's anything else we need to cover. Um, we're going to be talking about Tottenham uh, on Sunday, which I, I already which I can't it. wait, which I can't wait for, honestly. It's going to be, uh, I mean, hopefully a reality check for, for them. Because I think, you know, anyway, let's keep the thoughts for, for that on, <laughs> on the next one. Um, but yeah. It's been fun doing this. I enjoyed this discussion with you um, on the Champions League. And uh, yeah, can't wait for February. Because that's when the knockout games are. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no football matches till then. (laughs) Like, no, this is not true. (laughs) Don't lie to me. (laughs) All right, cool. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. I will catch you in a bit. Take care and speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.